was saying you didn't try to find the settings to turn it off. How you turn it off? I, I, don't, I figured there was something. People going to be complaining about it. Obviously, you could mute it. You didn't have to do 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 it. You to do it. You didn't have 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 to do it. You didn't Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're going to open in prayer this morning. We're just going to ask that God has his way. God of heaven, we love you. So thankful for your presence. God, we're so thankful, God, that we're able, God, to come into your house, God, to worship you, God, to lift up your name. God, we ask today, God, that you would just move in this house. God, that you would minister, God, to every need, that you would minister, God, to every heart. God, that you would just open the windows of heaven, God, and pour out your blessing. God, pour out your spirit. In this house today, God, we've come with purpose. God, we've come to lift up your name. God, we've come to magnify, Lord, and exalt you today. God, we pray that you would just minister, God, to every heart, every mind. God, speak to us through your word today. God, anoint your servant. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Worship with the praise team.
band, we want the them prepare to receive the offering this morning. I do have some announcements that I want to go over. Today there'll be singles with with purpose at 4:30. Amen. Don't want to forget that. Monday there'll be mommy and me at 11 a.m. There'll be a picnic and card exchange at the Liberty Rec, Liberty Rec Center. Monday, women in action at 5:30 p.m. here at the church. And then a couple things that are a little further out. Divorce care begins March 14th. March 14th, excuse me. Um, if you look at the back of your handout, I guess there's more details on that. And then don't forget, baby dedication is March 10th at, at the 9:30 service. Amen. See Sister Christy for more information. Amen. We're just going to pray and ask the Lord to bless the offering today. We want you to come, bring your offering, and let's just worship. God, we love you today. Lord, we thank you, God, for another opportunity. God, another privilege. God, to be able to give, God, with the abundance. God, the resources, God, that you've given to us. God, that you've blessed us with. God, we're thankful, God, because you, you've been so good to us. God, we have so much, God, to be thankful for. God, and today, God, we bring our offering. God, we, we offer it to you, God, because... Your word, your word explains to us that if we're faithful and we give what we're supposed to, God, that you'll bless the 90%. God, I pray that you would bless every gift, bless every giver. God, that you would multiply, God, bless the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm going to see a victory. No matter what happens and no matter even the way that things turn out, we are victorious in our Lord Jesus Christ. If we're in him, we're victorious. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're in him, you're a new creation. If you're in him, you're victorious. We've got to know him. Amen. That's what it means for us to be in Christ. Amen. So thankful for the opportunity to stand before you uh, as my pastor is out. Um, pastor and Sister C celebrating coming up next week 36 years. 36 years of marriage, of marriage bliss. 36 years of, of an, an anniversary coming up next week. And so we definitely support our pastor and first lady in that. And um, in that opportunity, I get to stand here before you and bring the word of the Lord today. We pray that the Lord has a word for us. Amen. Amen. As you turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 139, if you could just tab Job, Job 23. We're going to read uh, from those two passages of Scripture. So thankful to everyone that was involved. My wife, I think she stepped out. I appreciate her and all that were involved and uh, contributed to uh, my 50th birthday celebration. I'm not there yet, but we celebrated prior to. So my birthday and uh, the pastoral anniversary, Pastor and Sister C's anniversary is next week on the 13th. And so we uh, definitely look to continue that celebration. We just started a little early. Amen. Amen. So as you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 139, Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. In other words, if you don't know him, he knows you. He searched you and he knows who you are. But we have to get to know who he is. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought are far off. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God. For the word tells us that the word is quick or living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. God knows us. He knows our thoughts before we think them. And that's the God that we want to know. Amen. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Good or bad, he's acquainted with all of our ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether before the words come out of your mouth. He knows. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? 
or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Oh, we serve a mighty God. There's nowhere that we can go away from his presence, good or bad. He's there. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. Could you imagine that? The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. That's the kind of God we serve. You know, in our fallible and imperfect ways, we may not be able to understand a perfect uh, and infallible God. Amen. Light and darkness are alike to him. Amen. Job 23 and 8 through 10. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I shall come forth as gold. I want to preach for a few minutes. Hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. Reverend Fowler, if you would, pray for us. Lord, we thank you. We praise you this morning. God, we pray that you would anoint your servant. God, anoint our hearts. God, that we would that we would receive your word this morning. God, break up the fallow grounds of our hearts. God, speak to us. God, open the windows of heaven, God, and pour out your blessings. Pour out your spirit in this house. Touch hearts. Change lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You may be seated in the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone ever question God? Are you perfect saints? Amen. And some of the questions that we may ask at times, we, we may ask ourselves these following questions. Where is God in all this? Amen. If this is happening to me, how can God be a part of it? What happens when you can't feel God's presence? What happens when you don't see God working? Where is God in your story? When you look around and you don't see God in your situation, how do you continue down that spiritual path? Where is God in your story? Why can't I see him in what I'm going through? Psalm 139 and 7 through 8 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up, to, up into heaven, thou art there. If I 
Psalm 139, we find that God's presence is constant. And even in the darkest moments of our lives, God's presence is constant. It doesn't change. The night and the day are the same to him. A day is the same as a thousand to him. Verse 14 of Psalm 139 says, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's you. Each and every one of you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. But at times you may not see it. Because of your imperfections. Your flaws. The things that seem to go out before you. And seem to shine in the eyes of others. And... The scripture goes on to say, Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. You're going to hear in the scripture that word come up continuously uh, as it pertains to a relationship with God, and that is to know. To know. Not only is he present with us, and that's a wonderful thing to know, because even though you don't see him, He's still working in our lives. Amen. Even though you can't feel his presence, he's still there. And, and that's a wonderful thing. But not only that, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. He doesn't just leave us alone. I encourage you to find comfort and assurance in knowing that you are deeply known and loved by God. You're deeply known and loved by God. And our response to that should be gratitude, trust, and obedience to the word of God. Specifically to verses 23 and 24 of Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know. There's that word again. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me to the way everlasting. You know, as you ask yourself those questions, where are you in this, God? Where are you in my story? Where are you in my life? Why can't I see your presence? Why can't I feel your presence in what I'm going through? God's going to begin to answer that in knowing him. He's going to begin to answer that in knowing him, knowing your heart, knowing your thoughts as, as you're being searched. A self-reflection should result in our invitation for God to search our hearts. When you self-reflect, those are the things that I can't get in there as much as a preacher. <laughs> you ought to see the looks people gave me just now. <laughs> they looked at me like I did know. <laughs> if, it, if it's you, just stand up and say, Amen. No, don't stand up. Amen. But a self-reflection, that's you and me. Amen. Sometimes I feel when it's my turn to preach, if you will, I should come sit down there and leave this podium open, you know? But the word of the Lord wouldn't come forth. I mean, it would. I could sit out there and hold this microphone and talk to you. 
But uh, everything I'm preaching about to you, I'm preaching to me. Amen? A self-reflection for myself should result in an invitation for God to search my heart. A self-reflection should result in you inviting God to search your hearts. And in turn, this will lead to repentance. This will lead to repentance and possibly for those that don't have it, baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's right. And that should lead to a deeper relationship with God. That's what we want. We're not coming here to feel uh, uh, condemned by the preacher. That's not the intent. The intent is for us to have a deeper relationship with God. And if a deeper relationship is required, we should send out an invitation to say, God, search me. Search my thoughts. Search my heart. If there's any way that's in me that's not like you, And in that, the response should be obedience to the word of God, repentance, and, and a closer and a deeper relationship with him. What does it mean to be hidden in plain sight? Hidden in plain sight is uh, something that appears to be hidden, but it's actually very easy to see or to find. It means that something is so obvious that it may be missed at first sight. Amen. Amen. For instance, anyone familiar with uh, white-collar criminals? <laughs> I have to be careful. Like we in church. This here might be an altar call right here. <laughs> this ain't the person carrying the gun, all right? Uh, a white-collar criminal is someone who looks like ordinary people. Sometimes they wear suits and ties. <laughs> they do what everybody around them does. Yeah. If you shout, they shout. Amen. I hope we don't have any. <laughs> Amen. I mean, that really called for an altar call. I don't know. You might have to look at how much change you got back at the, at the, at the register. Uh, you might want to look at your 2023 taxes, I don't know. But a white-collar criminal looks just like you and I. They're ordinary-looking people. And they don't usually attract attention to themselves. But their stealing is far greater in some than a dozen individuals that carry a gun. And the white-collar criminal, one thing you'll notice is they're not attempting to run away or to escape. Why? Because they're hidden in plain sight. They're hidden in plain sight. And you might have a teenager. And in a, as a, a teen in their room, they have things hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I ain't want to make it personal. I better generalize it. Teens at times may have things in their room that are hidden in plain sight. And they may hide something that the parent is not aware of, such as drugs. 
And this may be hidden in the team's room without the parent ever knowing. Hidden in plain sight. You know, whatever sitting on the dresser or, uh, or under the bed or inside a shoe or whatever the case might be. The parent won't be able to know that because it's hidden in plain sight. In the two pictures on the slide, you may not be able to notice it from where you are, but an optical illusion would hide from you what's there in plain sight. And maybe these pictures, I might have to pull the computer out and let you take a closer look at it. But in this picture in the middle, where the circle is, there's a gazelle. There's a gazelle there, and then in the rocks, over where that circle is, there's a rabbit. Yeah, there's a rabbit. So you can see the eye and the ear right there, right above that rock, right at the top of the circle. The rabbit you can see, the, the gazelle a little tougher to see. But I can see the rabbit from here. Little ear sticking up like this, eye right there. In other words, he's hidden, but he's in plain sight. Because you can't see it doesn't mean he's not there. That rabbit is hidden in plain sight. The word of God here in Job alludes to the process that God takes us through to bring up, to bring to surface the things that are hidden. There are spiritual things that are in life that only God can reveal. Revelation refers to these as the hidden matter. Revelation 2 and 17, he who has an ear, you know you can have ears and not hear and eyes and not see. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And, and, and it's, it's very specific what the word says here. To him who overcomes. That means that not everybody is going to get the hidden manna. The one that overcomes will receive the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone, and of the stone a new name written, which no one knows, there it is again, except him who receives it. Manna is the bread from heaven that the children of Israel ate while wandering through the desert as they journey to the promised land. Manna is bread from heaven. Now this manna, it foreshadowed the coming of Christ, who is the true bread that came down from heaven. According to John 6 and 32 through 35, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. How many know who Jesus is? When you know Jesus, you know who the true bread or the true manna that came down from heaven is. And if you're hungry, you want to eat from the true manna. And that is Jesus Christ. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life, life unto the world. Then he said unto them, Lord, even more give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. If you want to be peeled, if you want to be healed, if you want to have victory, it's got to be done through Jesus Christ. you got to know who he is. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh according to John chapter 1. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And verse 14, as you read through those verses, you will find that he came into the world, and his own did not know him. The world didn't know him, and his own cast him out. The scripture goes on to say that in verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among them. And they beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the true bread come down from heaven. The true manner. The hidden manner. Why? Because those that don't know him don't know that he's the, the true bread. Well, what, what keeps a person from knowing that the hidden manner is the bread from heaven revealed? If it is not purified or refined, there are things such as pride that will get in the way of seeing the true manner from heaven. There are things in our lives that get in the way of us knowing who Jesus really is. And if it's not purified or refined, it'll, it'll stay there. Isaiah 43 and 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Does your situation seem impossible? Make you feel like God is not even there? Like his presence is not with you? This is the type of God we serve. He can make away in the wilderness. He can make a river in the desert. Mark 8, 17 and 18 says this, And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason ye? Because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, seeing ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do you not remember? In other words, I've done enough before you for you to see that I can feed 5,000, 4,000, however many, uh, with, with a, uh, a little fish and bread from a lunchbox. And if you've seen me do this, why aren't your eyes open? Why can't your ears hear? Don't you remember? Is it possible that we're yet blind to the hidden manner of God? What's blocking our vision from seeing the hidden manner? God wants to do a new thing in us. But first, we got to get some things out of the way. He wants to do a new thing in us, but there's some stuff in the way. And how does God remove some of the things that are in the way? He does it through the refining process. 
He does it through the refining process. We see this in, Mal in Malachi 3 through 12. The Bible describes this process. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. You hear that description of that process? It doesn't say men will just be righteous. It doesn't say God will just use them. There's a process. And that process requires refining like the refining of silver or gold. And in this phrase, refiner's fire, it symbolizes a process of purification. Why, where impurities are removed through intense heat. How many have some intense heat in your lives? Amen. Uh, this process requires intense heat. And as that heat is increased, it leaves behind something pure and valuable. Now you can use it once it's pure and valuable. The refiner raises the temperature to high degrees. The heat extracts the dross. This is the impurities that are emitted during that refining process. And after the refiner painstakingly skims off these impurities, he then increases the heat and places that crucible back into the blistering, burning furnace. Again and again, the impurities rise to the surface. Again and again, the crucible is returned to the furnace to extract the dross. With the higher heat, why would the heat have to be so high? That, that may be the question of someone today. Our refiner, God, he knows the exact temperature that we need for him to extract the dross. He knows that only certain impurities are released at certain temperatures. And he knows that for each of us individually and uniquely. Oh, you may be in the fire furnace, huh? You may be feeling that the heat is being turned up. You may feel that you're being returned over and over into the fire. And you look around at your neighbor and you say, why aren't they going through what I'm going through? Why aren't they receiving what I'm receiving? Well, I tell you, they don't have the testimony you have. They don't have the ministry you have. They're not going to reach the people that you will reach. They may not even be able to work as you do in the kingdom because they don't have the same process going on in their lives. Yeah, and I think I preached on that uh, the last time I preached. We can't compare ourselves to others. We, we have no idea what's really going on in their lives. The refiner watches as the ore melts in the crucible and sees the layers of impurities and, and watches them come to the surface. For us, individually, this dross 
it represents anything that keeps us from being all that God wants us to be. This cross is whatever gets in the way of God using us for his own purpose. As you question why you're under the fire, you realize that God has this refining process to reshape our priorities, to reshape our thinking, to reshape our views through melting it away. Isaiah 48 and 10 says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. We're being tried in the furnace of affliction that we may come forth, as Job said, pure as gold. Amen. First Peter 1 and 6 through 7, wherein ye gently rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Job 23 and 8 through 10, Behold, I go forth, but he's not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where did he work? But I cannot behold him, and hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Amen. That's the process. That's how that process is happening. You may not see him. You may not feel him. You may not feel that you're in his presence. But God is not only there, but he's refining us. He's preparing us so that we can be used for his service. Through this refining process, there's a couple things that's revealed. One is... He wants to be a part of everything that we do. God wants to be a part of everything that we do. And he also wants to show us our true selves by removing the perfections, the imperfections. He wants to remove the imperfections. You may not see God, but he is there. You may not see him working or believe that you're in his presence, but he's there. When we don't feel God's presence or see what he, he's doing, it does not change what he's doing. Psalm 139 lets us know that God searches us and he knows us. Job 23 and 10 says, but he knoweth the way I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. This word to know. This word that's used in the Bible, the word to know, is yada. Not, not yada, but yada. Yada means to know. But today, in our culture, and in our world, this may mean boring or empty talk. Yada, yada, yada. You ever hear that term? Boring. Uh, empty talk. No meaning. That's, that's what it means in the world. Uh, recounting words that are regarded as too dull 
and predictable to be worth repeating. If someone says something to me and I just go yada, yada, yada. Uh, in the world, that means it's, it doesn't have meaning. Uh, it's not worth repeating. You may be familiar with this from the T-Mobile advertisement. Have you? I don't know, maybe you've seen this, this advertisement. Nada, yada, yada. Has anyone seen that advertisement? Nada, yada, yada. In this advertisement, what it's meant to say is, if you're with T-Mobile, is it T-Mobile? Metro by T Mobile. Okay, Metro. Alright, for those have Metro. Uh, what they're saying is when you have your service with us, we take away the yada yada. Nada, yada, yada. So in other words, no contract that has uh, hidden fees. So there's nothing hidden when you go with Metro. That, that's what they're trying to say. Not a yada yada. Uh, but the Bible says yada. And in the Bible, that means to know. It means to learn to know. To perceive. To see. To find out. To distinguish. To recognize. To admit. To be acquainted with. Both spiritually and carnally, to know, to be skillful in, to have knowledge of, and to be wise. That's, that's yada, not yada, 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 as the world sees it, because the world wants to take good and make it evil. And it wants to take evil and make it good. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God says yada means to know. And if we're going to be refined, we have to know who Jesus is. Son of mine. Amen. 
And our Father does the same with his children. He loves us. He purifies us. He wants to remove some of the things that are in the way of what's underneath. Amen. And so, as we summarize in closing of Job 23 and 8 through 10, we find first, God knows. God knows. We may not know where he is, but if you look at verse 8, God knows. We don't know, he knows. You look at verse 9 and 10, you'll find that he's refining and purifying us. And God's mission and purpose is accomplished through us. He wants us to come out as pure gold. Why? Because that's valuable. That's something that God can use. When you come out of that refining process, God's able to look over and say, now I can use you. God is not just another priority. He's not just another priority. There, there are many tools uh, that the world will attempt to use to put our priorities together when we want to manage priorities. But there is none like putting God first. Priority management is not going to come through our priorities being put in queue. Priority management is not going to come through us putting our priorities into a matrix. Priority management will not improve by us going to a prioritization workshop. It won't be fixed by creating a task list through a 10-step process and you can't put it into a workflow. The only way to have true prioritizing, Matthew 6 and 33 gives the answer. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. If you really want to know how to put your priorities first, put God as the center of all your priorities. Put him as the center of your finances, the center of your family, the center of your household, the center of your church. When you put Colossians 1 and 10 says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit to every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There it is again. We have to increase in knowing who God is. And if we want fruit to show forth, then we're going to have to go through a refining process. For those of us that think that the fruit of the Spirit are just shown on us and every time somebody see us, they see Jesus. I'm here to tell you and I that we need to go through a refining process to get where God wants us. Even when you think that, yeah, I'm just perfect, refined, and I've been brought forth and I came out the water as pure gold. So there's nothing need to change about me. I'm here to tell you, there's somebody that can see your impurities. Amen. <laughs> you may not think that you see them, but they're showing up on the outside. 
But that's why we put God first. Why? Because he's the organizer of our lives. God wants to be a part of everything. God first. He's the organizer. That's the first thing he is. And God wants to be a part of our lives and everything we do. What do we need to do? We need to cultivate a spirit of prayer so that we can become what God wants us to be. He can help us in every area of our lives. He wants to. He wants to be there with us. And we should finally realize that God wants to work through us to bear fruit. I'm told this is Amen. Priorities. Priorities. What, what priority are you putting first? What priorities are you putting first? God wants to move some things. See, those things get in the way. The reason that those Jews could not know who Jesus was because they felt like they were already pure gold. If you already feel like you're pure, you're like, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. How can you, how can, how could you have met Abraham? You ain't, you're not yet, see, Jesus was just like me. Not yet, 50 years old. Amen. How can you know him? Before Abraham was, I am. I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. I am, uh, in the beginning, was the word, and the word was with God. I am the word made flesh. When you know who Jesus is, then the impurities can be washed away. But we're not going to come forth with pure gold on our own. You're singing us without music. You just start singing. <laughs> 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 Bail us out. <laughs> Help us to be refined. Amen. Stand with me. Stand with me. Amen. The word of God has come forth to tell us, behold, you may go forward and not see God, but he's there. He's there. But there's sometimes something covering it up. I don't know what it might be. Whatever that impurity might be, let's get it washed away today. It may be pride. Maybe your finances aren't where they need to be. Maybe relationships in your life aren't where they need to be. Maybe you aren't where you need to be spiritually and you want to be closer to God. But there's something stopping you from your morning prayer. There's something stopping you from reading the word of God. That's an impurity. It needs to be washed away. It goes on to say on the left hand, where he does work, that I can't behold him, he hideth himself. On the right hand, and I can't see him. I'm here to tell someone that even though you maybe are getting to know him, you're getting to know him a little bit better. The word of God is letting you know that he knows you. He knows you. He knows your situation. There's nothing that's hidden from him. Not only does he want to know you, he wants you to know him better. And so he's going to put you through the refining process. You may suffer a little bit because God's process is not like the world. As he cleanses us, he may put us through trials. He may put us through some suffering. But the intent is not to harm us. The intent is for us to come out victorious. 
for us to come out as pure gold. Amen. This altar is open. Sister Far singing, Jesus at the center. This is the foundation for every other priority in our lives. What's keeping you? Nothing else matters. What's distracting you? Nothing in this world will do. Jesus at the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the center of it all. He's the center of it all. Make Jesus the center of our lives. Praying to him, cultivating that, that relationship of intimacy with the Father. Getting to know him better. Getting to know him better. Amen. If there's something you need to bring before him right now, you feel like his presence isn't with you. You can't seem to find him in the darkness. The word of God lets us know the darkness and the light is the same to him. We're victorious in Jesus Christ. We're victorious in Jesus Christ. We're victorious in him. He knows it all.